Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and the first issue of 2003 is out and it's about money investments and Forbes India makes predictions of how different asset classes will perform in the coming year. It's, it's a tough one and joining me to talk about all of this on the phone is Shishir Prasad, the deputy editor and Praveen Palande, the associate editor. Hi Praveen, Shishir. Hi Abhishek. Hi, Vishay. Before we go about describing this issue and what the readers can look forward to in 2013, let's take a quick look at what happened in 2012. When I quote a very amusing line from your piece, it says, very rarely do we have a year which approaches the investor like a grim reaper, but turns out to be a Santa Claus in the end. Why do you think 2012 was such a year? Last year, like, you know, uh, if you look at our cover, we had this boxer who was eaten to death and we thought, you know, that's going to be the, the case of the market. Any investor who gets in is going to feel like that boxer who is down and out. In fact, nobody is going to come and even lift him up. In the first seven months, that was really the case. Like, the market kept on falling and nobody had any clue. Then after July, I think like you know things just started to take a positive direction. I guess the whole idea was after three years, like for the first time, I think RBIs have started to look at interest rates in a positive way, like you know need to kind of reduce it. And then there were announcement about foreign direct investments in uh, pensions as well as yeah. uh, retail. Suddenly saw that boxer was completely down and out. Someone giving him the right treatment, and you were again able to stand up. And by the end of the round, you were able to deliver the punches. So it was great. <laughs> If you go back to the May and look at one of the covers that Praveen and I, we both had worked on, was the crib cover, which was basically an inversion of the brick acronym. And that was really the low point. It looked like almost everything that could have gone wrong with India had. And so therefore, what we had said in the beginning of the year, that it was going to be a very tough year for investing, was almost coming true. That probably pushed the government into announcing some of these partial reforms measures as it were. And things did get a move on. Plus, there was global liquidity. Because India was doing these few things, I think some of that money came in our direction, which really, like Praveen says, gave that second wind to this bruised and battered boxer. And given all these changes that have happened in the last uh, 8 to 10 months, uh, what were your predictions back uh, at the end of last year? How much of them have come true? I remember clearly that last year when we did that, we had clearly said that in this year, it would be a good idea to have a decent amount of your monies or asset allocated towards fixed income and gold. And these two, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've done well, right? Gold is more like Sergei Bupka this year, the Olympian who kept breaking his own records. I think gold has broken all records throughout the year, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, so a lot of people are saying, stay off gold, stay off gold. But the expert who wrote on that topic, yeah, Ritesh Jain, he he clearly said that, look, there's still steam left. He said that then, and which has been proved true right through the year. Same with fixed income. Fixed income fund did well. The short-term ones, yes. Yeah. What are some of the highlights and what can the reader expect in this issue? And how does 2013 look for the typical uh, retail investor? Or, or anybody who wants to invest is, uh, you know, 100 rupees across different asset classes. 100 rupees, how you want to invest? Now, see, look at it this way, okay. In spite of the fact that equities have run up by 26% this year, in fact, all assets have gone up. If you look at our real estate, you look at gold, if you look at fixed income. So all of them are up. Relating to all this, it's only equities that have a chance to do well during this year. That's our view. Now, of course, there's a lot of team remaining in gold and for that matter, you know, real estate prices never fall in a growing country like India. So, we are saying that allocate around more than 50% in equities, least in gold and real estate, and uh, say 50 rupees in equities, maybe 25 rupees in fixed income. 
and just be careful about real estate and gold. Why we still saying that equities will uh, have steam left in them is because we believe that probably some of the messages that the rest of the world was sending to the Indian government has probably gone through. And so India is on that track. Even if we don't do much, we will still probably not roll back that stuff. That's one. Second thing is people are making noises about trying to rein in the fiscal deficit. We don't know how how much true it will be, but at least they're going to try. The third thing is a lot of people believe that in India, interest rate cycle has peaked out. Now, saying that we're not trying to preempt what the RBI is going to do, but what we're saying is, look, I think broadly the rates can only be cut from here on. So when they will be cut, we don't know. But broadly, that seems to be considered among many people. And if that were to happen, it always is a positive boost to the markets. And of course, if you if you read some of the economic data that is coming out, a lot of people believe that if you look at the you know the purchasing manager index that I think HSBC does or whatever, they feel that the economy has bottomed out. That means whatever inventories were there, whatever existing capacity was there has probably got utilized. And so probably from here on, it might be, if not a great year for returns, but we have said that it's not going to be you know a massive year, but still a, a decent positive return can be expected. You mentioned decent positive returns. Now, I think this time you've also differentiated a bit about what a good bull run is and bad bull run is. For instance, one of the experts that you interview, he says that most of the equity high in 2012, it took place because foreign investors didn't want to put all their eggs in China. It wasn't because India did a lot of reforms, but it was because China perhaps didn't go as well as they would have expected. So again, how can the common man know all of this while making his decisions? Is it uh, in a way, should we go with the mantra that keeps coming up every year that you just stay invested and forget about it? Or can there be a better way to do it? And the first thing is, first thing, let's get one thing very clear. The way a common person can do it is to uh, pay a little bit of money and buy this issue. So that's number one. We <laughs> start right at the beginning. <laughs> Let's get to the <laughs> that, that gets you a lot of good advice for Absolutely. a very, very little paltry sum, I must say. <laughs> so that's one. But the second thing is I must point out to a absolutely fabulous work that only Provin can do in an outfit because he's the numbers guy, he's a data guy. Well, I'll leave him to talk about it, but it's a very beautiful, lavish spread of data being used to distill some very interesting insight about exactly what you say. You know, should you stay invested and forget about it? No, I don't think that's the insight. I think Praveen will talk about it now. Praveen, the stage is yours. We have a lot of data and we wanted to look at it in a very analytical way and decided that, you know, we should be basically looking at uh, how investors have actually done throughout 2017 now because 2007 the market had peaked and later on it went through a crisis and this is where we are right now. So what has happened is someone who invested in 2007 and now in the last five years, you can call him reasonably a long-term investor. So how much money he has made? So he has made something like negative 0.5%. So more or less he is flat. What happened to the guy who invested last year? That has made what? 26%? What happened to the guy who invested in 2009 till 2010 when like, the market started to fall and then again started to peak? He, I think, made around 92% in a year's time. Wow. So what are we talking about here, right? So the kind of money that people have made, the smarter ones, they have been able to catch the market at the lower end. And that is exactly how things don't work. Most of us get into the market when the market are at their peak. And I don't know, it's such a simple logic that you will buy when the market is low and you'll sell when the market is high. But even for Can the, I just interrupt yeah. you here? Praveen, can I just interrupt yeah. you? Hold on to the thought. And I would just like yeah. to tell Praveen that I just read in today's paper that the assets under management for most mutual funds are a record high now. Ah. And this is because the yeah. market has moved up in the last one year. 
<laughs> it just <laughs> makes a point. We all of us flock when the market, as they say, bazaar garam hai, and that's when you head to the market. Right. While we were doing this issue, I was reading a lot of Alice in Wonderland quotes, and uh, I, you know, I just kept on thinking, like, why do people behave like this? When they they think, see, market go up, they enter. When market fall, they get out of it. We live in a completely different sense of of the world, actually, and the world has a pattern that is completely opposite our views. So maybe that is why this whole thing about contrarian investing and all that kind of stuff. Actually, work for many fund managers. So, if you don't mind, I just wanted to touch this whole roundtable conference that we had in our office. Sure, sure. Please go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, the most exciting part about this issue was getting some of the best fund managers in the country in one room and ask them the basic question: What do you expect in 2013? And these guys were like the experts, right? Praveen has done this investing special now four years on a trot. I've been associated with him like last two years. But on all the four years, we've got some absolutely fantastic guidance from our consulting editor for this issue, this particular edition actually. Yeah. That is Sanjay Bhattacharya, yeah. who's a fund manager of no mean repute. And he's a demanding guy, so we make sure that we match up to what he says. So this roundtable was he really liked the idea. The moment Praveen sort of popped it up, and then we got everybody together, and it's a must read actually. And what was the general outlook among them? Like every year, you can describe it in maybe a few words. Were they skeptical? Were they Gangho or yeah, so the two things. One is how would you say the overall gist of what that you know hours of discussion was. I think the overall gist is they were not pessimistic. They were cautiously optimistic. The initial components of a rising market they were visible. So this is very careful. It says initial components of a rising market. We are not saying that that market is here and now, but it has the makings of it. It looks like it. that's the broad gist of it. But I think the last question is beautiful. You know, I think Ramesh Damani, who is a member of the Bombay Stock Exchange, and he is very articulate man, very well read man. He's the guy who actually compared the whole thing, and he asked all these guys that look in the Hindu philosophy, there are no mistakes in life; there are only lessons learned. And so he asked all of these guys to say what are the lessons that he would, all these guys would prescribe. And I think a couple of them are absolutely outstanding. One of the guys, and I am not going to sort of you know, press my memory button that much, uh, but one of the guys says exactly what the data analysis shows, which is that you must learn to not fear a, a low market, learn to buy into it, and then learn to exit when the markets are at a reasonable level and reinvest. And that's I think is a excellent advice. Right. Last couple of questions. Why is real estate not as important as gold? Because any day of the week in India, you will have more people than there are houses. But even then, you take a little bit of a skeptical view towards real estate this year as compared to the ones before. The man who's done this for us this year is Pranay Vakil, who's the founder of Night Frank India, and you know he's an extremely astute mind in the real estate market. And I think he points out a couple of very interesting things. And one he says is that look, a real estate are illiquid markets, so it's not like a stock where every day. thousands of buyers and sellers arrive if you want to get rid of a tcs stock let's say or a infosys or whatever right. it's easy to do real estate takes time and probably higher tax than other asset classes it's also not divisible so when you buy a house you bought it at 50 lakhs it's now worth a crore you need 25 lakhs all of a sudden you can't exit just part of that investment you have to sell the entire house 
take entire 1 crore out pay taxes or whatever on it mm-hmm. and then take that 25 lakh out so there are cumbersome some it's a long gestation thing so that's that's why it's tricky and he's outlined some very interesting way to play the market this year that real estate market that's why we are a bit cautious and a uh, last one where would you guys put your would you do you do this every year after you put your predictions out just for fun invest some of your own money to see where it's all going and put your money where your mouth is if i may dare use that phrase a lot of us are simply investing into mutual funds yeah we believe in investing in mutual funds for the simple reason that some of the fund managers are excellent so why waste our time on learning stock that they are out there doing the work for you great thanks a lot shishir and praveen for your time in the middle of the day yeah. thank you abhishek great fun and this time forbes india also has the most powerful people on earth uh, listeners you can buy the tablet edition by logging on to the ipad app of forbes india and you can get it from itunes and those who are on android can get the maxter app and to have someone call you from forbes just message forbes to 51818